The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Broadcasters like the BBC and Channel 4 are currently conducting investigations into historical allegations of abuse against comedian and actor Russell Brand dating from 2006 to 2013. Brand faces accusations of rape, sexual assault and emotional abuse from multiple women. The Metropolitan Police have called for potential victims to come forward but have yet to receive reports. Uh, Russell Brand has denied the allegations. Uh, While the investigation raises questions about power imbalances in the entertainment industry. I'm joined by the chairman of the communications clinic, Terry Prone, and London-based journalist, Ender Brady. Good morning and welcome to you both. Um, Ender, we'll go to you first to outline uh, this uh, for our listeners, because those who haven't seen the uh, Channel 4 programme, those who have not read the Sunday Times, may not be totally au fait with what's being alleged. So this is a joint investigation by Channel 4 Dispatches programme. It was a 90-minute documentary on Saturday night, which I watched in full Nobody knew the full topic matter until Russell Brand himself preempted it all by coming out with this video statement filmed in Oxfordshire. He lives about a mile and a half from my house. Um, he, he has moved to the area. He's bought a pub there and he does all these wellness videos. So he has now basically taken himself out of mainstream media, away from films and TV and radio. And he, he pumps out all this stuff online as a wellness guru. The allegations in the documentary, which were then subsequently followed up by the Sunday Times, it was a joint investigation. One woman alleges that in 2012, July 2012, in Los Angeles, he allegedly raped her. And three other women claimed that they were sexually assaulted by Russell Brand. I mean, extremely serious allegations. He denies any wrongdoing whatsoever. In the video he put out on Saturday, He said that this was a time in his life when he was very, very promiscuous. That's the phrase he used. And he said that there's something untoward going on here. You know, he's been speaking various different conspiracy theories. He's been speaking out about vaccines and big pharma. And he's trying to make out that all of this is a conspiracy against him. Uh, the, the nature of the allegations, uh, obviously, you know, you're wondering why Russell Brand is not in handcuffs this morning. Um, you have to be wary always of, of trial by television, uh, but there was corroboration offered in the documentary. Yes, there was. So, for example, the woman who claims that she was raped at his mansion in Los Angeles on July the 1st, 2012, she immediately went to a rape treatment centre in Los Angeles. She has kept all of the documentation She has all of the text messages exchanged uh, that night in particular, where he apologized for what happened. Um, She told him in no uncertain terms how angry she felt that her trust in him had been abused. There was a very graphic description in the documentary and online in the newspaper coverage of what she alleges happened to her. That is the incident in Los Angeles. Now, she did not report it to the police at the time the LAPD, because she felt that, you know, he was this Hollywood film star and she did not want all of that attention and and lawyers being brought on her and her family and, and all of the stress of that. The other three allegations relate to sexual assault, um, the majority of which happened allegedly in the London area. And one of the complainants was a 16-year-old schoolgirl who was in a relationship with Brand at the time and he was 31. 
Now, uh, it is pointed out in the Sunday Times article, which I read yesterday, uh, that uh, the age of consent at the time was 16. So uh, they're not alleging statutory rape in that instance, more the grooming of a schoolgirl by an inappropriately older man. Yes, and I think today, you know, there's a couple of strands to the investigation today. So the Metropolitan Police are urging anyone with any complaints or any information to come forward. Uh, My understanding is that more women have spoken to the Times newspaper as a result of the weekend's coverage. Now, it all hinges on whether anyone goes to the police in this country or indeed in the United States. And serious questions to be answered by BBC executives, Channel 4 executives, and also a production company. And the BBC in particular, uh, the schoolgirl, who's who's now obviously a fully grown woman, uh, she claims that Brand was sending a BBC chauffeur-driven car to her school gates to pick her up, to take her from school to his house for sex. Now, there were other elements mentioned that his predatory behaviour was so well known around the place that, for example, when uh, they were looking for a PA for him, someone to work with them, um, there was a woman who was interviewed who was a a lesbian and uh, they were happy to hire that woman because there would be no interest, if you like, from Brand in, in her because she was a lesbian. In another case... Um, a woman was uh, being hired because she was old enough, uh, quote, you know, to be his mother and therefore there would be no interest there. Another situation where it suggested that uh, they wanted an all kind of male production uh, crew, you know, in terms of runners and all the rest of it, uh, because to have young women around brand would put them in some sort of danger and thus inhibiting uh, their prospects in their careers because one particular avenue of work would be closed to them. All of this stuff seems quite extraordinary that it was allowed to go on. Yes, and the name of the documentary was Russell Brand Hiding in Plain Sight. And what emerged in the documentary as well was that female comedians, obviously it's a small circuit, people constantly travelling to different theatres and venues and gigging and doing stand-up, female comedians have formed WhatsApp groups warning each other not to be around certain individuals and Brand was one name that allegedly kept cropping up. So I think his alleged behaviour appears to have been an open secret in the media, TV, radio. And I mean, if you listen to the interview he did with Jimmy Savile, who we now know was one of the worst sexual predators Britain, a paedophile, that Britain has ever produced, the interview Brand conducted with Jimmy Savile is absolutely chilling Uh, And at one point, Brand offers up, Savile asks him if he has a sister. And this went out on the BBC. It is hard to believe, Pat, that this was sanctioned and broadcast. Um, Savile asks Brand if he has a sister because he doesn't like meeting fellas. This is Savile's words. Uh, To which Brand replies, no, I have a female assistant. She does anything I want. And if I tell her to go meet you naked, she will. That was all broadcast on the BBC. Um, was there ever any attempt to discipline him? I'm not sure there was. I mean, he got in obviously trouble with the Jonathan Ross uh, chat show that they broadcast on BBC Two, where they rang the mobile phone of the actor who played Manuel in Faulty Towers. This was Andrew, Andrew Sachs. Yes. And then Ross blurted out that Russell Brand had had relations 
um, and I'm being extremely polite here, Pat, for our audience, uh, with Sax's granddaughter. This was a voice message left on an old man's mobile phone. This blew up extraordinarily, resulted in uh, Ross being suspended, I, th- I believe it was for 12 weeks, and Brand then being booted out with the BBC in disgrace, and he went off to America, and the film career followed from there. So he's a master of reinvention. And nowadays, basically, I, I live in the middle of nowhere in Oxfordshire. He's a mile and a half from my house. He's bought the local pub. He's built himself this yoga studio where he makes these wellness guru videos. Um, locals don't particularly like him because the pub, to my knowledge, isn't open anymore. Um, and he just kind of hides himself away in the back ends of nowhere mm. uh, outside Henley-on-Thames. All right. And uh, consequences may follow, but it will depend on uh reporting to the police and also years later uh, the evidence that might or might not be available to the Metropolitan Police. Yes, I I think where this goes from here, ultimately it will become far more serious if women do indeed go to the Metropolitan Police or the LAPD. Right now it remains a media story, but, you know, he's painting himself out as being this kind of wellness guru who has left the mainstream media because nobody wants to talk about all these conspiracy theories he comes up with. But if you join up the dots, Pat, I think his alleged behaviour over many, many years has resulted in nobody booking him or wanting him anywhere. All right. Uh, Thank you very much for that. Andrew Brady, London-based journalist. Terry Prone, uh, chairman of the Communications Clinic and columnist with the Irish Examiner, listening uh, to uh, and recount what is in that documentary. Terry, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, you've watched uh, the video that Russell Brand posted to do defend himself. It, I watched it and I found it extraordinary. It's an extraordinary document of a man who has lost touch with any kind of reality, a man who is so self-driven, self-absorbed, that he actually does himself enormous damage in this quite brief video. Because first of all, he announces that he's going to refute the accusations. Now, Pat, you know, refute means to disprove. Therefore, all he had to do was come up with the proof that any of the accusations was was uh, false. But he didn't do that because I suspect he didn't understand the difference between refute and contradict. And even when he contradicted the accusations, he did so in such general terms as to achieve nothing. He also said that he was he attacked mainstream media for being egregious, aggressive, coordinated in their attacks on him. Now, hang on a second. That means... I didn't like the attacks, lads. And it's really awful that the Times newspaper and Channel 4 dispatches have got together on this. Hang on a second. That's real life in media terms. It is a ridiculous straw man. In other words, something that you put up when you're under attack to say, look over here, don't look at this that's right in front of you. It was a torrent of words amounting to nothing. The defence that he offers is that he was, uh, you know, well known for his sexual behaviour at the time. I mean, uh, dozens of different women every month. uh, They talk about him going into parties and just scouring the room for whom he hadn't slept with and kind of targeting uh, those particular women. Uh, This is how he went on. 
it, it was almost as if that is a justification. Like, they all knew how bad I was. They could have kept away from me. But the issue was not promiscuity. The issue was coercion. The issue was violence. The issue was grooming. That is what the 90-minute documentary came up with. So for him to say, listen, I was one of the lads, I was bonking anything that was willing to, to bonk me, um, is ridiculous. It has nothing to do with what he is actually accused of. And if you think about it, the, the sending of an official car to pick up a 16-year-old from school. When was the last time we heard stuff like that? We heard it before Or Kelly was convicted and sent to prison. He did exactly the same kind of thing. That was the issue, not the fact that he was promiscuous. Promiscuity has literally not... It may be distasteful to some people, but it is a fact of many show business lives. Coercion, violence and grooming should not ever have been a part of his life. Now, uh, were there any hints? Did anybody speak out, his own peers? I mean, we heard about uh, his reputation on the comedy circuit was well known. Uh, Females on the comedy circuit were warning each other about his likely behaviour. Did anyone speak out at all? It it seems to be that some hints were certainly present, but not really registered. For example, Ender Brady told, discussed with you, the issue of the Jonathan Ross programme and the Andrew Sachs incident, which was crude and cruel beyond measure. But when that was discovered and outed, it was known that before that, there had been at least two incidents, one involving the abuse of a female newsreader and the other involving urinating in a studio that he had been involved in. Now, the BBC didn't seem to have reacted to either of those, and nor did anybody. I don't know if you have seen the clip of Bob Geldof, but it's an astonishing clip of some award ceremony where Brand is on stage, fully lit, all of that, and Bob Geldof comes up steps to the stage, acknowledges the applause, and the first thing he does is describe Russell Brand in terms that is not possible to use on your radio programme. And there is knowing applause. Now, that was 30 years ago. It's a young, young Bob Geldof who's saying it. And we have to wonder, why was it just assumed that this was kind of mutual dislike? Why was there not more investigation Mm. to see why the audience reacted in that kind of knowing way? So you mentioned earlier the investigations within the BBC and elsewhere. I would say uh, in... BBC, in any other station that employed him, uh, in any of the independent production houses that came up with programmes that he was in, every one of them is going to have to do a hell of an investigation and it's going to point to their responsibility in this because if, as seems to be the case, Several employees at the time are talking about themselves as having effectively to pimp for Russell Brand. Then there's a lot of people at higher levels within those organisations who have a lot to answer for. Mm. Um, I interviewed Russell Brand on the the Late Late Show. I believe they used a clip of it on RTE. 
Um, <laughs> you know, that was then, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that interview. He, he was a loose cannon, and I knew he was a loose cannon. And, you know, you approach those interviews with some trepidation. But yeah. as far as I know, he behaved impeccably. I mean, he's a very bright guy, whatever else uh, his shortcomings might be. Very sharp, intellectually very, very sharp, very quick. And on that evening, I can certainly say, to my knowledge, he didn't do anything untoward. Um, But, you know, he may have been, uh, you know, in rehab at the time and behaving himself. Yeah, and it's one of the things when you talk about uh, this going over to the police in Britain and elsewhere, the judicial process may be what finally nails this man, because he has something that's like a posh linguistic version of Tourette's. Words pour out of him, posh words pour out of him. They're not necessarily relevant words. One of the words that he used about the accusations yesterday was that they were Baroque. Now, Baroque is a, is a historic architectural and art form. It has nothing to do with anything. But I presume uh, some of his fans wouldn't know what it meant and would therefore be vaguely and generally impressed. But like Donald Trump, the judicial process is the one that will stop the fountaining of words. And so it'll be very interesting to see if he can survive a court, a jury, um, questioning from senior counsel. Terry Prone, uh, Chairman of the Communications Clinic, columnist with the Irish Examiner. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. By the way, if any of you listening were affected by any of the content, uh, you can contact the Samaritans on 116123. A texter says, when Brand was a left liberal, they ignored it. That's from James. Well, I'm not sure whether he was ignored by left or right. It would um, indicate at the moment by some of his support that he might be regarded as pretty right-wing in his views currently rather than left-wing. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at 9am on News Talk.